Hey there, welcome to The League Life with Brooksy and Shanaz, commonly referred to as the Lockdown League. We're still in lockdown, we're still ISOing, but we're having a great time doing it. I'm exaggerating, we're not having a great time, we're having an interesting time. Brooksy, stop me from talking, how you going my man? Very good. Have you been exercising a lot during this time? Honestly? Like get, getting out, doing your um, regular exercising? No. Um, no? No. Huh. I'm enjoying it. I've been walking. Um, yeah, it's been it's been exo- it's been good. It's not exciting, like you said. It's just um, yeah. I'm enjoying the time. I'm making the most of it. Staying positive. I, walking well, down to the beach. Walking around the harbour. Um, yeah, you it's are been, very been fun. You are a very positive person, which is a great thing for people like me that can be slightly more negative. And I think we will, we'll look back on this time, you know, in a year, in ten years, and I think the uh, the realization of what a horrible time it's been will hit us. Whereas now it's more like, oh, we'll go to the, we'll go exercise. I oh, will watch the Michael Jordan docos or whatever. We'll make the most of this time, do podcasts. But yeah, really, it's pretty bleak times. I see again looking at the positive. Like you see photos, videos from all around the world, like of uh, how the Earth is. Um, is enjoying this time. Dolphins in the ocean, dolphins in Venice, uh, no smog in LA, yeah. uh, New York, no one on the streets. Okay, on that um, note. Um... But yeah, it's, uh, no, 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 but like it's, it's uh, there's some benefit for the environment. Less planes yeah. in the air, less boats on the water. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it right. could be a time for a bit of regeneration. Who knows, Shaz? Like we might look back on that might be a good period of, uh, long term for the earth. It's very... Uh, but hey... I'm no uh, environmental scientist. I should just stick to what I know about, well, like a lot of people out there. <laughs> get, well, they, yeah, people should do that. Getting back to yeah. what you know about, we did a podcast yeah. about a week ago on Super League, which um, was yeah. well, well received, and with thanks to everyone who listened to it and got in touch with us about it. I did have one lingering question I didn't ask you then. That's how my brain works sometimes. It hits me about a week later. Um <laughs> when uh when like you're texting yeah like my texting i'm not too bad at my texting oh uh, you, you you're all right you're okay hey have you, you could improve anyway i'm not gonna go there uh when <laughs> when you became a dragon in 1999 so summer of 98 what were your thoughts on the dragons before you had to become one so you know we all have teams we dislike some we have a soft spot for did you, yeah. were you okay with becoming a dragon out of all the teams or did you have something against them? What were your thoughts on them? Well, there was, I sort of touched on it a little bit on the podcast, Shaz. Like I was talking about like 98 and going to like an Illawarra St. George game and there was a bit of rivalry on the hill and stuff, but uh, at, down at Wynn Stadium. But I think 99 was interesting. It was, I remember year 12 at school, I was, uh, with a few mates and we're in the common room and the double header had just been played, the one that opened Stadium Australia at the time. And I think it was Manly Newcastle was the first game and uh, Parramatta Dragons was the second game. And the Parra won from memory. Took us a while to get our first win, but uh, a few friends were um, in the common room talking to me about the game, going, "What? how do you feel? Like, it's not your team. Like, how... You know, there's a few guys from the Steelers there. And I was like, yeah, it's different. It doesn't feel the same. And I think 
initially it did take a bit of time to um, accept what had happened. Uh, definitely that run to the grand final helped. Uh, you know, the, seeing him win down at uh, Olympic Park and seeing him beat your boys to get in the grand final, like that was an amazing second half as a, as a fan and just really enjoying um, that run. You know, the Steelers weren't too successful. but And you saw some of the guys, some of those Illawarra guys that were, were amazing during that run. Uh, Craig Fitzgibbon, uh, Trent Barrett. Like they, they were just Luke Patton. Uh, they were really good, and uh, it was funnily enough, all of them ended up leaving for other clubs. But uh, <laughs> it, it it was um, it, it was tough initially, and it was hard not seeing the Laura jersey out there. It was funny just the other day uh, there was an anniversary for Matt Cooper's four try effort against Penrith, and they were wearing I think it was two thousand four, and they were wearing the Steelers jersey down at Wynn Stadium that day. It just it just looks so good, Schnaz, that jersey. And just and it brings back memories of those um, Steelers days. Mm-hmm. They wear a red, they wore a red jersey at the Charity Shield this year. Like it just it was it, it's been tough, but I think time enough time has passed. Of, there's been for me uh, and, and I guess most of the um, Dragons fans that were Steelers fans before. There's been more years as a Dragons fan now than the Steelers, but you always hold All on right. to that that part of you that went for the... Like, a lot of... Like, I came into rugby league because of the Steelers. Because yeah. my uncles went to school with a few of the guys. I got to go in the sheds when I lived on the Gold Coast, when I went to games. Met, like, Chris Walsh, Rod Wishart, Brett Rodwell, Michael Bolt was a friend of my uncle. Uh, we, You know, getting to know all the players, and that made it even harder because of, you know, as a little kid, like, yeah. was born in 82, the year they started... You know, it was it was hard seeing that team um, transition towards the Dragons. But you know, I, I'm, I'm a Dragons fan now. I have a, uh, do have a few jokes with you and other people about wishing the Steelers were still um, going. But yeah. I'd prefer to have. I'd much prefer to have this situation than not to have the Illawarra and the Steelers side of things rep- not represented at all. Okay, thank you for that. I've been. I've been Christian pondering that for about a week now. (laughs) Now, we're going to talk uh, a rugby league throughout the episode, but we're going to start with uh, something else. And I just want to pick your brain on something before we get into the slam dunk, shall we say, of the show. Yeah. Massive Uh, day yesterday, Shnaz, in um, both the basketball and NRL realm. It was massive. I just want to touch on something before we get there. Is that all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, touch okay. on it. So, you know, I'm ISOing like the majority of people and you know I'm a sucker for television and content viewing. Yeah. And um been catching up on some things, including you know I just froth for thirty for thirty documentaries. And oh, I yeah. sat down for a two part, I think it was four hours, documentary on Michael Vick, who was a very or is a very famous oh, yeah. very famous quarterback in the NFL. And yep. have you seen that? I've seen parts of it. I haven't fully watched it. Okay. I, I need to go watch it. Like it's because it only came out recently, didn't it? A few like months it's one ago. One of the most yeah. recent. One of the most recent thirty for thirties. Yeah. I, yeah. I've probably only seen the shorts and the teaser. Really, Shnaz. I okay. don't think I've sat down and watched it yet. Well, I, I recommend you watch it. And for people who don't know about Michael Vick, he was, I think, he was the first um, African American quarterback to be the number one draft pick. He had a really 
fantastic start to his career. He was he basically reinvented running for a quarterback, which is now uh, in very popular. It's a very popular thing to do for the quarterback to run now. He was fantastic at it. Had a really great three couple of years, three or four years with Atlanta. Got into some tr- some heavy trouble off the field, which I won't get into. Yeah. But basically, the st- and then he comes back. He's a comeback story, and the story, the whole story, is about redemption and how one can turn around yeah. their lives, second chances, and because of the g- gravity of what he did off the field, um, you do want to dislike the guy. But by the end, it, it's 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 a pretty good redemption story, and it's just I was very interested in the whole: can you give someone a second chance? Uh, can people change? And if you have any interest in that, if you have any interest in NFL, definitely check out the Vic Thirty for Thirty. But let's move on to something a little bit more prevalent and probably more important. The last month, I've been trying to talk to you, Brooks. About anything. Like, I've been like, hey, Brooks, man, you know, I, uh, I've i got to go to a hospital for a broken leg. Can you come see me? And you're like, no, nah, man, I've got to stay at home. The last dance is going to be starting in three weeks. Okay, cool. Brooks, <laughs> can you come over and help me? My car's not starting. No, I've got to wait at home. It could drop any second. Brooks, Michael Jordan, the documentary called The Last Dance, premiered on Netflix in Australia last night at 5.23 p.m., We've both consumed it. It's the first two parts of a series. It is fantastic. Let's get into it. Well, the funny, th- funny you mentioned it, Shaz. Oh. Five twenty-three was the advertised time, but oh. I was refreshing from about three p.m. Yeah, you were. And around five p.m., it uh, kicked on. I really. I just I had a feeling. I was like, <laughs> oh, I wonder if they'll drop it like at five o'clock. And sure enough. I guess it might have been a little psych test from Netflix to see if people would just keep like refresh, refresh, refresh and see how many people would have realized once they dropped it before 5.23. You know those like little psych tests where they just put people yeah. in a room and don't yeah. say anything yeah. and people start losing their shit after an hour or three hours or 12 hours. <laughs> they go, why haven't they told us anything yet? You know? Let's get into it, man. Uh, yeah. Like, Come on. Mate, it's like I think it was on the cards um, announced in 2018, maybe late 2018, because I remember it saying coming in 2020. Yeah, and I was like 20, like we're still got to get through 2019, like, (laughs) and then it was like June 2020. So I think they'd initially planned for it to come out after the NBA Finals, right? And then as soon as the Rona hit. Everyone was like, come on, we need some basketball fix. We know The Last Dance is coming out in a few months. Can we expedite the release? And sure enough, ESPN and Netflix played their part and went, you know what, guys, it's going to be the 19th of June and 20th of June, uh, April, sorry, 19th of April and 20th of (laughs) April for everyone. And yes, it was released yesterday. And how good was it, Schnaz? I I loved it. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. For people who aren't aware of the documentary, can you give them a short synopsis on what it's going to be about? So it is about the final season of the Chicago Bulls featuring Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman. Uh, There was some 
Long story short, contract squabbles between uh, the coach and the GM at the time, Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause, sorry. Uh, Phil Jackson was told that he would only be there for one more season. Uh, Phil signed the one-year deal and sure enough went to the players and went, look, this is my last season at the Bulls. It's the last dance. And subsequently, we have a documentary about the Bulls' final season. It's about the lead-in. It's about where the players and coaches come from. It's a background on the GM, the owner, um, the stories from college, from you know families, where they grew up. It's, it's very thorough. It's it's amazing. It's everything that I could have wished of in Washington's. <laughs> so, heavy emphasis on Michael Jordan, but as you said, covers a lot of the people along the way. Uh, yeah. Candid interviews, interviews now looking back, amazing footage from from college and 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 from trips to France and all these sorts of things. Yeah. Can I ask you, Brooksy, how many episodes are there going to be? There's 10 eps. There's 10. Uh, They're going to release two eps for us in Australia every Monday for the next five weeks. It just shows the ability, the the thing before we start going into some of the stories and stuff. So the Bulls gave the NBA access for the 97-98 season, for that final season. Um, It was only allowed to be released uh, with the Bulls um, the, with the Bulls and the and everyone involved signing off on it, yeah, uh, and and it's taken this long for us to get get to be able to see it. There was DVDs and stuff that had come out um, during that time. Uh, I, I listened to a bit of Bill Simmons this morning, and he said that he got a DVD when he was working on the Thirty for Thirties. It was like two hours of that whole behind the scenes cut down. Right. Uh, it just, it just uh, initially, from what I've already seen of the two episodes, and we've talked about about access in the NRL and yeah. other leagues, and I hope and and going forward, this is such a yardstick in terms of granting that access. Yeah, we've heard that it might paint Michael in a different light than what people perceive him to be. Um, it was funny. Neil Breen did a really good article in the Herald about. You know, like a preview to uh, this documentary, and he was saying, "I think Michael Jordan fans will um, will be a bit disappointed and and see him in a different light once they watch this documentary." Yeah, and I had to respond to him because I was like, "If you love Michael Jordan, yeah, if you know if you know him, you've read the books, you've followed his career, you're going to absolutely love this because it's not nothing different to what you have observed since the mid to late nineties." But if you like Michael Jordan, you're gonna, you, it's really going to be an eye-opening experience. Yeah, because you hinted that to me the other week because I was like, oh, it sounds great. I can't wait to watch it. And we've yeah. talked about whether he's the greatest or not and that kind of thing, which we might talk about as well. But you very quickly said to me, oh, he's going to – I can't wait to see him just tearing up all of his teammates and – and, and giving shit to all these people. And I was like, what are you talking about? And you're like, he's the most competitive guy that ever lived. That's how he got yeah. to where he is. And, you know, sometimes he, you can't be friendly to get that successful. And I was like, ah. Oh. And then I saw it last yeah. night, the start of it, the start of what you're talking about. Not to say that he's some sort of like A-grade moron or, or you know, rude yeah. 24 hours a day and doesn't give a, a rat's about anyone. He seems like a, not, a nice enough human being. But you're right. Yeah. 
if you're just a, if you're like me, if you didn't really know much about the guy, you didn't know that he had this sort of, this really kind of main streak sort of thing. Yeah, main streak. Now there's so much to cover. It's kind of hard to do it in a thorough way. We're going to do the best we can here, but for those of you who don't know, they've already won, is it four or five titles? They've won five titles. Five titles. So, so they've won the, three when the, titles. When the doco initially. Starts, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a all... start. They, they have the ring ceremony for the fifth championship. Yeah. So they've just beaten Utah in the 96-97 um, finals. That was their fifth championship. Uh, Jordan had come back uh, a year, a, a season and a half before that. So he came back late. Remember when he was wearing 45? Because they'd yep. already retired 23 and they couldn't they didn't allow him to wear 23 because his jersey was retired (laughs) so he had to wear 45 for that half season where he came in I think they rolled Orlando no sorry they rolled Indiana and then Orlando Shaq's uh, and Penny Hardaway's team uh, knocked the Bulls out in those playoffs he came back he won uh, it came back for his first full season beat my Sonics in six games and he beat the Utah Jazz and then this is the set, this is the, the the sixth title run that we will see. So when I watched it as a novice last night, which I am, the storyline yeah. I got from it was the Chicago Bulls were going through a really really bad period, and <laughs> they had no one coming to the games prior to Jordan being drafted. Prior yeah. to Jordan yeah. being drafted, sorry, they had no one coming to the games. Yeah. There were it was a direct quote saying that the indoor soccer team. In Chicago, the Stingers, <laughs> yeah. they were getting... The Swarm. The Swarm. Well, that's how they were affectionately known out in, Chica- in Chicago, you know, they, so you're not wrong. <laughs> they were getting bigger crowds, an indoor soccer team, indoor soccer team, getting yeah. bigger crowds than the Chicago Bulls before Jordan yeah. signed. They were losing. Yeah. They hadn't won in forever. And never. then Oh, they'd never won. Okay, they'd never won, never won. in their history. Yeah. And then yeah. Jordan comes along and they win all these titles and the story starts and so the, the documentary starts and it's all about, for me as a novice watching it, it's about the GM wanting to change things up because the egos were getting too much. These guys were getting you know older. The ride might end at some point. Yeah. And he wants to... What's the word I'm looking for? He wants to reboot. He wants to... Yeah, he just wants to press the reset button and reset, start all yeah. over again. Start start the rebuild. You so know? He's, like that's that's what he wanna do. So he's already said the coach has got one year. There's yeah. all sorts of dramas about a whole bunch of the superstar players. And we're talking superstars. And He came out sorry, Shinaz, he yeah. came out and he said organizations win titles, not he did. players and coaches. Yeah. So he very much uh, stoked the fire there and Yeah. It it it, it pissed a few people off in the organization namely the players and Phil Jackson like and that's it like he it was a it was very much you could you can see from the get go they're building that resentment from the players particularly Jordan and Pippen and Phil Jackson not he's Phil Jackson's a very calm meticulous sort of person yeah. and uh, not yeah. as uh, not as much as you saw in those first two episodes of how volatile like Scotty was particularly at the end of that second episode but yeah. yeah, he this there was a power struggle there. You could tell, and obviously winning titles 
who, you know, yeah, Jordan was a massive part of it and Jerry recognised that. Jerry Krause, that is. And and so did the owner, Reinsdorf. But you could tell there was like, hey, I'll meet you a certain way, but uh, a, cer- a certain part of the way. But, yeah, this, is, this isn't just about you guys on the court. It's more than that. It's the organisation. We put you together, you know, so we can bring you apart. So to com- compare it to a rugby league situation, and, and bear with me storyline-wise, but imagine if the yeah. Melbourne Storm had won more titles. Like, they're a successful team. They're in grand finals yeah. all the time. Imagine they'd won five in a row. Yeah. Or even don't. Just imagine how they are now, and imagine that Kronk, Slater, and Smith were still together. Yeah. And the uh, the owners of, of Melbourne, or the, the GM, the CEO came up with this harebrained idea to say, you know what, we're going to have to reset at some point. Let's give Craig Bellamy one more year and then we'll we'll look at the contracts of Smith, Slater and Cronk. And yeah. basically, from what I can tell, my ego as the CEO, GM, is going to yeah. kind of derail what's going on here. That That's what I got from it. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's I think with this with the storm example there, Shnaz, like, you know, they stayed together. They went through so much just not um in terms of, you know, salary cap and whatnot, and everyone like and this is the thing, we've talked about the storm. And, you know, when you've got those big three, like the the Bulls big three, I guess, was the, you can include the coach. Like those six titles revolved around Phil Jackson, Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan. Yeah. And that's a similar sort of look. Let's call it the big four in the storm. You got Bellamy, Smith, Cronk, and Slater. And the team did absolutely everything to keep those four together. And the players took cuts. You know, we've we've heard, you know, Cronk was, you know, tried to be lured to Sydney through the Dragons. The Broncos tried to get Smith, I'm sure. Slater, the Cowboys, I think, was in the mix at some stage. Bellamy, every organization wanted Bellamy to coach. Mm. And they stuck by and stayed together. They took less money in some circumstances. They, they took more money <laughs> in some circumstances as well. But, um, yeah, I, it, it, is, it, it is funny looking at the psychology of building teams, you know, in the salary cap sort of era and trying to, to sustain success. And, you know, I think the Storm are the greatest examples of what the Chicago Bulls did. Obviously, didn't... Um, replicate the success and the Bulls winning all six of their entries into the NBA finals. But yeah, it's, uh, you can see that there is a lot more than the sport that's being played on the field and you have to negotiate the, um, the egos in and around the team as well. So for people who are about to turn off because they're sick of hearing about NBA or I don't like basketball, like one of our colleagues said on Twitter last night, I don't like basketball. It's not. It's not really a documentary about that. It's about sporting organisations. Nah. It's about sport. It's about careers. It's about uh, business. Yeah. A lot of it. It's about yeah. business, and that's why I found it so fascinating. I mean, you know me. I'm not a huge baller. Like, I, I'm, yeah. every year I grow to love it more. But I was absolutely glued to my TV. It's on Netflix, which most people have. Not everyone, but most people have it. Yeah. Uh, it's fairly accessible. If if you have it, you should definitely watch it. On Jordan himself. Brooksy, one of the yeah. things that really stuck with me was the quote from, it might have been from a, a coach or someone, 
Every time. Yeah, I think I know which one you mean. Roy Williams, the assistant at UNC, he was he later became the um, head coach about switching it on and off. Yes, there there is. Yeah, that there was is amazing. That, there He's is like, that he switched where, it on all the time or whatever. It he was. Never, it was he so never, good. He, he could switch it on. He could switch it off. He never switched it off. Yeah, he but never switched it off. The he other, was so sorry. He was so passionate. That's that oh, was yeah. such a side thing for me. Like all the people that were had so much to do with his career. Yeah. Like media, college coaches, play, uh, teammates, owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, like everyone that was interviewed, you could just tell the passion. Like uh, opponents, Larry Bird, um, yeah. even just James Worthy saying that he was a better player than me in two weeks. Like you just got this like sense of it didn't matter who you were, like, like how like it was just great for people to talk about MJ. So on that note... The, the the direct quote was uh, from one of the guys. He played every game like it was his last game, and yeah. that gets thrown around a little bit. You know, in in sports, uh, in music, I know. You know, you play every show like it's your last show, and and it's a cliche because not everyone does it. Now you and I'm not. It's hard to do. It's it's, it's extremely hard to do. Now yeah, people yeah. Who, people who know me, you know me. You know, my life revolves around Bruce Springsteen as a musician. And since he was, you know, 20 years old, up until he's like 70 now and still rocking out, he literally plays every show like it's his last show. And that's what resonated with me. I was like, yeah. you know, I love that in people. I love that passion. I love that drive. And to be perfectly frank, when I watch sport, whether it's particularly rugby league or NFL, I do sit back on my lounge, eating my popcorn, drinking my beer, wondering why don't some of these guys play that way every every yeah. time? Like, is it, a, is it a mental thing? Is it a physical thing? Is it both? Like, why doesn't insert player play like that every time he hits the field? I don't get it. That's the simple thing. Like, like, I don't it, get it. It seemed to me, Shaz, like, and just following his career oh, as, as when I was a youngster and trying to take as much as I could from Jordan when I played basketball. And you sort of see now you can sort of utilise it wherever in life. The two things he was passionate about was he loved the game and he, and he loved winning. He, lo- and he loved being the best. And it, it just, you know, like I said with James Worthy, he wanted to be the best when he came into the, uh, into North Carolina. It only took him a couple of weeks. They realised that three games into his Chicago Bulls career, you know, that he was the best player on the team. And they, and, and the coach at the time was just like, this is MJ's team from the get go. And it, that, he showed, he didn't, he didn't just walk in and, and, deserve it he actually showed it through training through how his work ethic you know the the funny story that he told about the um the chicago bulls cocaine tour uh (laughs) where he walked into the room with the whole squad there and there was weed and lions and women and he didn't he wasn't about that life he was about you know training and working out james worthy tells that story where they had that ridiculous scrimmage and then he pulled James aside and went let's go one-on-one yeah. like he had that drive he had that passion and it's just like yeah yeah we're seeing we're gonna see different sides of him but this is the side that you can take on in life and yeah. you know really work hard and become the best at what you do 
what what was the story, Brooksy, where they were down by a certain amount of points in the final quarter and they'd all given up yeah. and he was like, nah, this, is, this isn't over. Well, was that the first sort of, one of his first big moments with the Bulls? Remember that part of the doco? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was sort of one of the, the turning points for them to know that he so, was, you know, going to be a superstar and the way he, the way he owned that game. So, Brooksy, tell us what happened in that uh, final quarter of the game. Yeah, so he just he just took over the game. He took over the game. They got the win. He went traded bucket for bucket with the other team, and they everyone opened their eyes to how talented he was as a rookie. And you know, not many rookies can come out and dominate a game like that. You have a have a look at his stats from that season. He was he was clearly the rookie of the year, even though. And this is the funny thing about his era, Schnaz, mm. and prior and post Jordan. Like centers were the were seen as the thing, you know. You can't teach height. Yeah, the Kemalajuan was taken number one. Sam Bowie was taken number two by Portland, which is which has always been the oh, can you like you can justify picking Hakeem at number one? Uh, guy that went to Houston University of Houston got drafted by the Houston Rockets, was absolute superstar, Hall of Famer, won two championships with the Rockets, which were when Jordan was retired. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just and, and oh well, the second one was when he sort of came back uh, for that half season. But yeah, I it, it was just amazing that he was so talented. And yeah, I, I I have no fault with what people were saying about the whole you know seven footers dominate the league. They did, um, you know, later on. But Jordan was just so good. You know, you had you had Ewing, Elijah, Wan, um, Shaq a bit later. Uh, as some of the some of the key centers in that time, um, but yeah, he he revolutionized the game, being a six five six six uh, shooting guard that you know could he was an amazing defender as well. Shows he won a few Defensive Player of the Year awards too. But yeah, he you could see in that game that he could he could just show he, he was just showing how talented he was and uh, yeah and people were just like yeah we got we got a good draft pick here we got we got the guy let's uh let's talk about the the coverage and the vision which we briefly yeah. touched on at the start of the episode uh, we are there for all sorts of moments of Jordan's life as well as the Chicago Bulls and i yeah. guess basketball in general and so you and I work in rugby league and we love rugby league and each day the technology gets better. Each day we're using it better as a sport. Uh, we are still way behind where I want to be, but it is getting better. Yeah. For example, yeah. I think Fox or well, Fox definitely have used it. Players being mic'd up. Love yeah. it. Love the insight. Yeah. that you, you guys like Fox production will follow a coach around for the day and, and be at training. And the insight into NRL now is better than it's ever been. No doubt whatsoever. Yep. I'm wondering how far away we are from getting to something like, not what we saw on the Jordan documentary, but just around that ESPN 30 for 30 or even E60 kind of vibe where you can tell stories in three or four minutes. You can tell them in half an hour documentaries yeah, we do see it. Like as you pointed out to me today, the NRL are dropping one about the Sharks, recorded in 2016. They do do it, but I'm wondering: is there a way that we can do it more regularly? Is there a way we can do it on some sort of 
internet channel? Can we do it? Can we have yeah. a company doing it week to week? I just I need more of it, Brooksy. But I'm, in all honesty, I, it would make my it's, love of the game even more. Al, I think this is a great advertisement for the NBA. Like, there's oh. going to be people that are going to see this story and just just want more. And I know percent. it's going to just thousand. It's going to solidify solidify fans as well that are already fans of the NBA. Just to go, you know, I love this league. I invest money in league pass and going to games and buying merch, and this is why. Like, imagine yeah. how much, how many units of Chicago Bulls memorabilia, clothing, jerseys, you name it, are going to be sold in the next yeah. year? Yeah. Like, going forward? Like, the next five weeks is going to be insane. I, I was already sniffing around for a Jordan jersey. I've got, like, a Jordan singlet and bull shorts, and, I, you know, I've got some, got some pairs of Jordans already. Yeah. But... I was like, I love that white rookie jersey with the um, running, running Chicago and the really lower set number. Mm. Like, it's fashion now too, Schnaz. This is, is this is, is massive. There's so many secondary effects from that. Yeah. Not saying I'm going to go out and buy a Sharks jersey because yeah. I watched that uh, documentary, yeah. but the realm in which the NBA covers is is massive. Like, it it, it transcends the sport and it's in the other realms as well. Like the NRL. Not so much. We're obviously looking at a smaller uh, industry. We're looking at yeah. a smaller fan base. But it's going to be very tough coming out of this current climate uh, for money to be invested in NRL documentaries. Look, look, look there is going to be a lot of production teams and a lot of, a lot of um, like, you know, Channel 9 and, and Fox are going to redistribute their funds in different areas. Live of course. sport. Of course. You, look at the, you look at the coverage right now. And live sport is it, it absolutely dominates um, just regular content. Yeah, you know. But but in saying that, ESPN announced this morning that the Last Dance is already their most watched documentary. Is that right? Already? Like, that's insane. Already. Yeah. Yep. Already. And <laughs> it's just it's it, it, if you if you hit the right topic, and I'm not saying that you know the NRL needs to find that Michael Jordan equivalent. No. But yeah, imagine the, I would love, like the Melbourne Storm, as we mentioned before, seems like a no-brainer, although they didn't, don't have a, a following that's as big as what, like, you know, in ter- like, you know, if yeah. it was South Sydney yeah, yeah, that yeah. went through that period, that would be amazing. Well, the Dragons, for instance, well, we, we, you we, know, the, the books that have come out about the 11 straight seasons with just, St. George. Just to stop you, Brooksy, we did have yeah. the South Stocko that Russell Crowe put together, which was the half an hour... I think it was 10 episodes, half an hour, probably what, 10 years ago? Do you remember that? Yeah. Was it called Till yeah, I Die? Right. Yeah, I remember it coming out. I don't think I saw it. It was on the ABC. It was something really, we could... It was really yeah, good. I, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, I, and, and back then, I was like, I want more of this. And at Fox, yeah. over the last, definitely last five years, probably two or three years ago, one of your colleagues, Charlie, was doing a lot of really great stuff to do with looking back at old games. And... And we're doing it now as a company still, but your point about like not being enough money when we come back to cover yeah. a lot of this stuff, I understand that more than many, I understand that. But yeah, my number one thing, and it's why I kind of like doing podcasts and I want good content out there for people that enjoy mm-hmm. that kind of thing. As a fan, I deserve the best content I can get. And I would never... Step down from that point of view as a as a fan who 
gives yep. money to the NRL and to the club that I support, etc., etc. I deserve the best content available, and I understand. Yep. I understand. I'm not going to get the Last Dance type quality at the moment, but I hope that. As you say, there's so many storylines in rugby league history. You don't. I'm not saying I want like a NFL week by week uh, slow motion look back at West Tigers versus Cowboys from 2009 or whatever. I don't need that. But there's yeah. so many storylines. Whether it's Andrew Johns, whether it's the Melbourne Storm, whether it's the Kangaroos tour, there's so yeah. many things you can do in this realm. And we might not have the vision that they have the vision of right now because this was a very specific yeah. project. But there's ways around it. I, I just hope that we can learn yeah. as a sport from other sports, including the NBA right now. Yeah, I, as a producer, Shnaz, like I worked on a project over the NRL off-season with um, International Women's Week. So uh, myself, uh, Denise Reardon and Erin Ferreira, two other producers um, at Fox, uh, we produced a six-part series called um, Call My Name. It was on six different female sports stars. It was amazing to work on. Like we, It was a, a lot smaller scale to what you're seeing in terms of documentaries. But we busted our asses for months going around Australia shooting these, um, these docu- like short-form documentaries, these features, these 25... Like, we we shoot these interviews, cut them down to 25 minutes so they'd fit in like a half-hour time slot. We did Blizz Cambage, we did um, Sam Kerr, Taylor Harris, Tiana Penitani, the rugby union rugby league player. Yeah. Hannah, uh, Hannah Green, the golfer that uh, won her first major last year. Like, just telling these stories, getting to know these people, it was amazing to work on. I, I, uh, and, and it's about time. It's a bit, you know, the footage was interesting. Having the rights, having photos that could so, like complement the story, like going into detail. What do, what do we want to know about each of them? You know, they've all yeah. got different backgrounds. They've all got different stories in terms of getting to the top of their sports. And that's where you know when you've got access that was given to the Bulls, where like yeah, sorry, access that was um, following the Bulls in that last season. Yeah. That's the more cameras you've got, the more interviews, the more random shots of fans, you know. Okay. You saw the stuff of that French audio assistant oh, guy yeah. trying to get an autograph. Oh, amazing. Like, amazing. That, how, uh, how small is that, that was in so the awkward. scheme of things? But you shoot it and yeah. you go, that's amazing. Yeah. Like that can be used. That tells a story. Yeah. You need to have the cameras on 24-7 to tell that story because... You'll never know when the best content comes. Like, you know, you were mentioning Charlie. Like, yeah. we go around and do, do those shoots with the players and the teams and stuff every year. Yeah. And sometimes when you're chauffeuring these guys around all the stations, you know, at the, at the shoots, some of the best stuff you see is when the cameras aren't rolling. You need the cameras there 24-7. And that's, that's a cost, Shaz. That's is. time. That's it is. editing. It's, it, is. it adds more and more. And that's where you sort of go, okay, we can we can do this, we can cover that. And uh, this is why, like, when a team gives you access, like 24-7 access, that's when you're going to get the good stuff. Who knew that that France part of the show could be, could be utilised for mo- a good chunk of that first episode? So back to some NRL relevant uh, to that is my friend Gary Dover at the Sharks and Jess Chich 
they did a really fantastic piece on Wade Graham's comeback from injury. Uh, yeah. I think it was about half an hour. I, I can't quite recall, but it was fascinating insight, which Wade Graham had allowed from day one. He was like, yeah. here's my injury, here's my rehab, here's my comeback, and it was brilliant. Yeah, I'm not going to make this about that team, but I'm just saying they put uh, Bronson Sherry in with John Morris when he was announced that he's going to make his debut. He started crying. It went viral. This yeah. is what fans want. Fans want insight. I mean, again, I, my mind's going all over the place here, Brooksy, but we're in ISO. No, as a, no, hang on a sec. As, yep. a, as a musician, what are the musicians doing? They're doing shows from their lounge room because A, they want yep. to play, B, they want to promote and sometimes make money, but C, they need to connect with the fans and more importantly, the fans need to connect with them. And I've been doing like my ones, which to be fair, I do them in isolation or not. I just do them. I've had yeah. like record amount of people watching me and I'm promoting my product, whether people realize yeah. it or not, I'm promoting my product. Yeah. And it's the same with the NRL. Wade Graham, uh, come back. We're promoting the Sharks and the NRL. You don't do that. There's no spotlight on you. You're just waiting for a live game every Saturday. I mean, we've come yeah. past the point where it's, I'm going to watch the game live in the flesh and not watch it back. And then next week we're going to play the Tigers. It's like, no, no, no. This is, this is a new world we're living in. And I want to be part of it, man. I really do. Yeah. And this go, this go, what you're saying about the Sharks too, Shaz, I totally agree with. And this is why, look, don't get me wrong. Work at Fox. We, we both work at Fox. Like we, we love what we do. We yeah. love our product. We promote our product. Honestly, like we are passionate about what we do, but you can't fault the NRL bringing in this digital arm because all this stuff is happening because of it, because there's a focus on following the teams. They've got yeah. media teams based at all the clubs. They're shooting this stuff, which is going to be so valuable if they want to do documentaries in the future, if yeah. they want to have a historical database of following teams around. We can't like we can't honestly be at all sixteen clubs at <laughs> any given time. So, yeah. like for the teams to be able to do that, they like the Tigers and Warriors have provided us content yeah. to show on Fox League as well. Yeah. We work together for this for this sport. We work together for this code. Fox League does a massive amount for it. Channel Nine does a good part of it. Yeah. The teams are doing their part, and this is what it's about. Going back to what I was talking about with the Bulls and what what this is going to do for not only the, the Jordan brand, the Bulls brand, the NBA brand. It's going to be massive. And this is why the NRL invested in the digital arm, I believe, because we, we're not going to hit those, those heights of what Netflix are going to provide for the NBA and ESPN. Yeah. But they, it's going to be this amazing back catalogue of, of content you know, going into the future. If... If teams invest in their in their following their clubs and telling these stories, it's going to bring like you know people love Wade Graham and they love that story about him. Mm. Cast aside the premiership win, mm. they love the comeback story of him and and yeah. who he's become because of it. He's a vocal leader in the NRL now because he's gone through turmoil in his career with injury and yeah. success in um, moving to the Sharks and winning a premiership. Yeah. Like he, he, It's a good story and we need to get it out there. We need to do that. Fox League might not have covered that or Channel 9 might not have covered that to the ability that the Cronulla Sharks could. Mm. And that's why it's so important. 
seeing this documentary and seeing that if we can all work together to cover the NRL, then, you know, we're going to tell the stories. We're going to big up the fans. We're going to build a bigger image. We're going to big up the players, coaches. It's just going to be beneficial in years to come. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's, do you reckon what's... that ties in well with what's going on in the NRL at the moment, Shnaz? Because, <laughs> you know, Greenberg did play a big part in yeah. um, helping this come along, although it was sort of, you know, initially, well, it was, it was around, the, around the time just uh, as he was coming into the league. But Todd Greenberg resigned from the NRL yesterday, Shnaz, just before the um, before the last dance started. So right I sort of put that on the back burner. <laughs> But well, I, well, yeah. in between episodes, I tried to read some news about it. But. it. It is topical because, as you say, a large criticism of what, of why he was pushed out, so to speak, was because of uh, the amount of money he was spending on the, on the game, so to speak. Every I think they were saying it was was it half a million dollars a day or something they were spending. That yeah. figure was being brand yeah, it was something like that. And the uh, they did bring in the uh, digital arm. Um, a year or two ago for a lot, a lot of money, more money than that. And yeah. it had, you know, I've criticized it in the sense that you probably could have done it cheaper and you may not have needed the amount of people that they hired. But back to your point before, yep. like you definitely needed it. Like you needed an injection there and they got it and it's done some good work and we're hoping it'll do a lot more moving forward. But I do. I have had an issue with the amount of money spent on the game. That's not coming back. I mean, I think that is a yeah. it's a business issue. So, if, and I, I to be honest, I don't know if he's at fault, but he's the face of it. And you know, at some point, he was signing off on it, and there is that criticism there. I, I actually have nothing against the guy. I think that he seems he seems fairly um, fairly yeah. fair as a human being. Like he seems kind of both humble, but also a lot of humility. Like I, I know that. You know, he was the face whenever there was something wrong going on, you know, particularly the last few years for me, you know, salary cap issues and and scandals, and he was the face of it, and he was always pretty fair about it. He was as, 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 he was as kind as he could be to the people he was punishing, and I think that yep. there is something I like about that aspect of a human being. But, yeah, I mean, he had his... He had his um, his criticism, that's for sure. But I, I, I never dealt with him. I, I, I couldn't say a bad word of him just because I don't really know him or I've never dealt with him. I don't, I don't. For some reason, he became this central figure that I was reading about every day, and I was like, as I said to you yesterday, I was like, I'm kind of over it because I've read so much about this. Yeah, this was coming and coming and coming, and then it happened, and it's just like, it's newsworthy, but I don't know. It just seems so over the top because it's Todd Greenberg. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You just like I'm the same, Shaz. Never dealt with him outside of looking in. I know a lot of my colleagues have um, have spoken to him and know him, and you know, obviously the media, um, the journo's spoken to him, interviewed him, got a good gauge of um, who he who he is off the off. You know, asking him questions and and following the league and seeing how the league has has formed and. There's two sides of it to me. You see a lot of the media, um, you know, you know, you see a lot of the articles that have come out saying, "Oh, there's um, the, the club execs were angry," or you know, he didn't do this right. Then you see the the fan side of it, like, well, he got drove out of the role, and like, 
I'm as a fan, I'm pretty happy at what it, what he's done. So it's sort of it's sort of funny because you got the media saying one thing and the fans saying another thing. Like, well, yeah, there's a lot. There's some fans that didn't necessarily agree with what Greenberg's going on, and and who knows? It could have been the articles that were sort of you know the drive driving of that forming that opinion. Yeah. But I just find that. It's a it's a tough one to gauge. It's a tough one to sort of um, to talk about without knowing the guy. Like I'm I'm happy where the league has got to. I'm you know we have discussed on the podcast where things could go, where they should go, where they sh- what they should or shouldn't have done. Bigged them up when they've done good things. But yeah, it's a it's a hard one. I I don't feel staunch that he needed to go. There was moments where it was just like, oh, geez, what's going on there? Or, yeah, but you know, I, I I didn't mind the campaign. I didn't mind having ba- a, a, ba- a an artist like Macklemore play at the grand final. I know that necessarily isn't his decision, but you know, a lot of the decisions made by the people under him reflect his tenure as CEO. But yeah, well, I, I mean, on that I point, the digital arm and without without casting my and I just said it before. I think the digital arm's a smart thing. I think other leagues around the world have benefited from. Uh, similar sort of, similar sort of stuff. Like I love watching some of the NFL Network content oh. that they provide. It's yeah. upbeat. It's positive. It's funny. It's it's really good. And it's there. It's there to big up the league. It's there to put out positive stuff. And um, I think they've probably seen a seen an area where they can put out their own media side of things because you know they want to put positive news yeah. and and stories out there, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a real tough one. Like since it happened yesterday, to coming on with you now, sort of tried to think about it, and yeah, I, I can't fault him. But I, there's definitely things that I haven't agreed with as as a fan and someone that works in the industry. I guess. Well, it's probably one of those things where, and I wish you know, in in, in this respect, it was like the olden days when not everyone needed to have an opinion on everything. Um, yeah, including you and myself. Which yeah. is why I'm not going too heavy on this subject because I don't really have an opinion on it. But yeah. on your point on Macklemore, that just made yeah. me think. In that sense, I think he was a really great. Uh, he did a really great job promoting, particularly where you and I want to be in this world, where everyone gets a fair shot and there's no discrimination. And and you look at that grand final campaign, and it was all about equality. And that was yep. right. Was right around the time of voting for marriage equality. Is that right? Was around that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yep. And we also look at the women's game. How far that's come. That the women's yep. game has come so far in the last two years, particularly. Yeah, definitely. And and, and you yep. and I, you and I have specifically worked on that in our in our roles. Yep. And that's all under his watch. So that gets a massive yep. tick for me. Like, and I'm not saying no one else would have done that, but the fact is, he did it, and. The, he, he the most be... recent, yeah, sorry, the most recent collective bargaining agreement, Shaz, like he did that in 2017. That all happened pretty simultaneously. Like 2017 was, a, I remember he did that. There was the, the Macklemore's 2017. The NRLW um, came came in 2018 as well. The yep. Origin. Yep. Like he was hitting some home runs there for, or the NRL was hitting some home runs there. Because, I mean, um, you look at the, the Women's League, we'll say pre-corona, which we'll probably say a lot moving forward, yeah. but it was getting, and I'm not saying this in any sort of surprise, I'm just saying it generally, it was getting a lot of respect 
in the, in the local sporting world. It, they were genuine yeah. games, genuine competition. The state of origins were crazy good just defensively yeah. and, and physically. And the, the, the sport of the competition of women's rugby league was rising really high. We saw it in our ratings and yeah. it was being taken as serious as it should be. And I think, yeah, I think Greenberg is behind that a lot. And uh, so, on the, so he gets a tick for that. I think the, the Cam Smith and the, and the, the wife getting the, yeah. the ring, like, in all seriousness, the ring, it, yeah. was, it was not a great look. I personally, eh, I'm not going to like lose sleep over it, but I can see people going, you know what? Maybe yeah. you should have just got a, a bouquet of flowers or whatever. Or, um, so that, that, well, that's a negative things like that. I'm sure people, but I don't yeah. know if it's enough to lose your job over. I think at the end, of, think, at the end yeah, of that, he and, he, and thing, right? like, he and Volandis probably just don't see eye to eye and he's the boss. And, and as you say, timing, he's been there for a while and it's probably just a good time to move on. And, and they're going to save some money, I would imagine too. Yeah. It do, well, it depends what they do. Like if they go out and get a, a respected CEO that has a bit of um, history behind you know, and it's done similar roles in organisations around the world. Like it's going to cost them, but like if you got Peter Volandis there, the how how um, solid he is in terms of his leadership, huh. then yeah, having a seat, having the CEO and a chair is probably a bit too much. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. You look over the four years. I think he's done a, a pretty good job. There's been some things that you know you mentioned there, Shnaz, that. I remember there was, wasn't there like a reference for GI from his drink driving um, charge or something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was, uh, there was something along those lines, but yeah, like all in all, um, you, you look at where the game was in 2016. I think it has, it has taken a forward step in the four year period under mm. him. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's disappointing to see him go. Um, yeah. We've had our gripes with him, but yeah, it's, it's always, it's always interesting to think about the future and, and I, I said on Twitter last night I I threw a left field option as Larry Kesselman, the guy that runs the NBL, mm. as a, someone that could be considered. Uh, he's done an awesome job uh, re-establishing the NBL since he's sort of taken ownership in the league. Oh man, uh, brought... their, their last season was ridiculous. Yeah, and they're actually going to cop it if they can't get crowds um, over the next few years because yeah. they don't have the t- the or next year because they don't have the TV deal. Yeah, right. uh, that the NRL and AFL have. Yeah, um, and a lot you know you see the numbers. A lot of people like they've been getting you know uh, five figures to some games in Perth, Melbourne, and Sydney. Oh yeah, it's really well, building well into five um, figures. Yeah, and that's where uh, the percentage of um, takings is actually a yeah. lot higher when it yeah. comes to crowds than it is for NRL and. Um, AFL, but yeah, he, that'd be interesting. Yeah, he he established like they, he was getting games NBL teams to go over to the states and yep. play NBA teams in the NBA preseason. Yep. Like he was he was basically not shutting down the competition, but he was um, slowing down the start of the competition to enable teams to go over and play. He saw that as being such a massive part, and I think which, which if, it is. if you're looking at trying to. What's that? Going over and getting exposure yeah. in the states and showing yeah. how how good Australian basketball is. Yeah, it's, we, we've seen we've got, seen like in the last season, particularly guys come out here instead of going yeah. to the NBA. They've they've come out here for yeah. a year. So yeah, 
brought in that rule where, yeah, enabled um, kids that weren't earning any money at college to come out and play a season, earn some money professionally, yeah. and then still be a chance of getting drafted. We've, we saw Terence Ferguson do it with the OKC, um, yeah, OKC Thunder. We've got two guys that came out here um, that are potential first rounders in RJ Hampton and Lamelo Ball. Yep. So it's it's great. It's great for the exposure of the game. But I think he would be if he had if he takes that if he took that same uh, perspective in the rugby league. Imagine the international game. Imagine what he would look to do in <laughs> yeah. terms of promoting Origin internationals like. Yeah, the sky's the limit. I don't think he would last that long with the <laughs> rugby league media being uh, an outsider and and trying to change things. But oh, look, he's yeah, not one of us, Brooks. It's interesting. He's not one of yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting to see some of the names tossed up, Shams, for yeah. uh, to replace Greenberg. Like Andrew Abdo has been uh, the guy the, and who's been one of the focal guys of oh, the people that people have talked about. Yeah. Um, You've got Gus Gould was touted earlier in the earlier in the I, month. I, I um, really Blake I, from the Rabbitohs. I really struggle to believe that Gus is a serious candidate. Candidate, you know, like I'm not saying he wouldn't do a good job. I'm just saying I really doubt that that's on the cards. I, I'm happy to be wrong. Is it? Is it? Is it like one of those crazy like when you get to the polling booth and you see the. <laughs> What's this, the spiced rum drinking party? It's a shame. We, it's a shame gonna... because he's he's done everything in the game and we, we know he has a great brain for the game and the way it's run. It's just all the other yeah. stuff on the side that may not fly in the corporate world of NRL, you know? Yeah. He's a bit loose. Yeah, there's some interesting... Yeah, yeah, he is. Oh, be great. Mate, you can imagine him do, doing a bit of a Seinfeld sort of stick. Oh, I, I honestly, we've talked. What about we want is the stadium with levels. <laughs> we've talked about it before, but but he he would be Buddy Garrity. He'd be in the car park doing shady. He looks a and, bit, you know. He looks a bit. We could. Uh, he looks a bit like Buddy. I'll tell you what. We could do this if you just uh, put the money in this bank account, and uh, <laughs> we won't talk about it. And then you'll get a new stadium, and everything will be sweet. Yeah. You know, I can see him just doing these great deals for the love of the game. I'm not saying you know for the love of the game, but yeah, I don't think he's a realistic candidate. I'm not going to say unfortunately, but yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I love like this side of the um, yeah. NRL, like the sporting industry, like yeah, the you know the the business, yeah. but. Yeah, there's some interesting names uh, being floated. Um, the head of the New South Wales Rugby League, David Trodden. Yep. Canberra CEO, Don Ferner. Yep. David Gingell, the former Channel mm. 9 boss. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like I mentioned before, Blake Solly, Andrew Abdo, and Gus Gould. But, yeah, it's good. It, I, I think from what we've seen over this last couple of months, I think it's probably... In the best interest for the NRL to probably just hold Pat for a while, probably have an acting CEO yeah. in the I, meantime, and just sort of let uh, Volandis and the and the commission navigate us through, get the season up and running, and maybe get someone um, for the 2021 season. Now, Brooksy, as I look up into the sky, far, far away, I can see Apollo coming in for landing. Where, whereabouts are we? <laughs> Where are we? Mate, 
28. It's sounding sounding promising from what we're hearing. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors have been granted permission to come over. I think they're going to try and base themselves in Lennox Head come May 4. Yep. That'll give them ample time. That's about the four-week period that we're looking at. Uh, I think the, the challenge is going to be Queensland and um, yeah. Anastasia Palaszczuk. Uh, yeah. I think she she's saying that the NRL shouldn't be seen different to any other facets of life at the moment. So I, I think it's going to be a wait-and-see sort of thing, Schnaz, and um, mm. a day-to-day, week-to-week sort of thing over the next few weeks. And yeah. um, hopefully we can we can launch this bad boy in outer space come May 28. Yeah, I mean, I completely understand both side of, sides of the story and I'm not like completely disagreeing with what the Queensland Premier's statement says, but obviously there are large parts of me thinking if we can do this, then let's just go do this, you know. And it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting to see and then hopefully it can continue on. There might be a time when, you know, when winter hits and the virus might break out they might have to stop for a week or two or three. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's going to play out. No one yeah. really knows. Yeah. But they have said May 28, if not first week of June. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I like it. I like it too. There's a lot of people relying on this, to be frank. So, yeah. Which, which, yeah. which, again, which again... Frank Shinazi. <laughs> yeah, him too. Which, uh, again, it's not, a, it's not a reason to go kick a ball and go run around. I'm not suggesting that's why you do it. No. But um, if there's a way they can do it, it sounds like they're going to do it. So we're in yeah. un- unprecedented times. I'm the 1,000th person to say it this morning, but uh, oh, yeah, that's man. where we, that's yeah. where we are. So, so the structure of the competition, if, if we get to how they want things to play out, yeah. So it'll be a 15-round regular season, four-week finals. So we've already played two of those 15, is what you're saying? Yeah, that's correct. So so teams will play another 13 games before finals. They'll play a standard four-week final series with eight teams. And then a three-game Origins series. My dream come true. What are your thoughts on... Yeah, I, yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. I want to see... I want the potential to have Origin in front of fans. I want that to be the launch pad for 2021. Love using the space terms. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think we can't start with Origin. We can't start with an empty stadium Origin. I think it's not only is it bad for the brand of origin that you just gonna, we're just going to have a have a series with no one there. Mm. I think it would be great to to bring in potentially origin at, in front of fans. Like that be our opening thing that we can promote externally. Uh, and and this is what rugby league's about. Everyone go wow, this is amazing. Look at the crowds in Australia, in Adelaide, and Sydney, wherever we play the game. Yeah. I, I just don't want to burn it straight away. Yeah. And then maybe we have the opportunity to play it later in the year in front of fans. I think out of all the games played, that Origin actually could work as a spectacle, could as a viewing spectacle without a crowd because the passion is still going to be there and, and the rivalry is still going to be there, which I don't buy into yeah. 1%, you know that. But people love it. And I think that you can still build that as opposed to, you know, the Sharks, the, the Cowboys or whatever. 
in front of no one. I think that you yeah. can build on the origin. But I, I completely agree with you. It should be played in front of a large crowd. It should be at the end of the year, in my opinion, because I don't want this beautiful competition to be split up anymore. So I hope it works. Yeah, it's already had some distractions, hasn't it? <laughs> well, well, no, that's not my point. My point is... No, every, but, no, but you know what I mean? Like, it's I, I like, let's just get the NRL away I know what you mean. some sort of I know what competition. You mean. I'm talking historically. Yeah. I, I, and you've, everyone's heard me ad nauseum go on about it. But I don't like the disruption it causes to teams. I, don't, I think it's unfair. And... Yep. I would much rather at the end of the year. So I want to see how it works. And I'm hoping there's like a 3% chance that they'll go, yeah, let's do it at the end of the year from now on. Yeah. Obviously it won't. Yeah. That's fine. But no. uh, I, what do you but think? But it's worth having a look at, right? Like, of course. What do you think about, uh, I know what you're going to say because I've been reading your tweets, but what do you think about keeping the competition points? Yeah, for sure. 100%. <laughs> Well, if you, okay, if if go. those games don't matter, yeah. if those games don't count, yeah, they don't count. The points aren't there, but they actually are going to be part of the continuing competition. So to say, oh yeah, we need those two games so everyone plays each other once, but we're not bringing the points over, sort of <laughs> contradicts the decision. So, so if the games are counting, count the points. If so, they don't count and you start a new season... Don't count them. So it's if a it was a formula, if it was a twenty-week comp, you'd be cool with not having it. If it's twenty, what, what do you mean, including those two rounds? If we started again and they played everyone once plus five more weeks, you'd be okay with it being a new competition. Yeah, if that's if that's agreed to that the season starts again. Okay. Then yeah, if those wins and losses count, then the points count. I'm just going to go on. If they don't saying, count. They shouldn't count. It's a quite simple formula, I think, Shaz. Speaking of simple formulas, I'm going to go on record and say I'm against it 100% and everyone should start again on zero. Right. So you you want to start the comp again? Yeah. (laughs) Historically, Jaden Braley's knee counted for nothing. Cliche. Ding, 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 ding. No, that's just an example. It's an example that's been used too much in the press. Leave Jaden Bradley's knee alone. Uh, no, well, people that turned up to round one. So the so the Broncos Cowboys game didn't open the stadium. It's not a technic technically not an NRL game. I don't know. I haven't thought it that far ahead. I just want my I'm team. Just, I'm, I want see, my team I'm just thinking things up at the top of my head. I'm spotting those raccoons. I don't think it's fair that my team is now zero and two and can't make the finals. My team's 0-2. It's fine. Yeah, but your team stinks. Shaz, get what well, get your boffins to yeah. check yeah. and see how many teams that started 0-2 were in the top eight of a 16-team comp come week 15. I'll, I'll, if, the, I'll call the boffin. The boffins are out. Yeah. There's one boffin left. Hey, uh, I'm just mucking around. I just wanted to push your buttons. Yeah. Hey, uh, let, me ask so, you, yeah. let me ask you this. Push them back. Is there... <laughs> you're pushing. Is there is there any uh, is there any idea on how the draw is going to work? As in, like they'll they'll redo the draw, right? Yeah, must they'll, they'll have to they must point. redo the draw. Yeah. yeah, so everyone's going to play each other once, so they've got to redo the draw. Do you think they'll try uh, and keep it as similar as what it is, and then go, oh, this team's playing for the second time? Scratch that, or is it just going to be brand new draw? I reckon you got to redo it. I think there's talk that they want to get the because Roosters Rabbitohs were round three uh. in the original draw, so I think there's talk they want to 
keep that in the first round when we come back. The big comeback, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think I think we've got to have uh, some of those derbies to start off. We you'll miss Anzac. We're going to miss Anzac Day. Yeah. Uh, so Dragons Roosters is another big one. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't I don't see why not. We got to I reckon start from scratch. Get their boffins in the draw, boffins from Canada or wherever they're from. They come in and go, oh, we got, we got to do it remote. Oh, we got to do it from Halifax. That's a bit Irish. I don't but it is quite Irish on the um, northeastern corners of um, is it really? Ireland. Yeah. Um, northeastern corners of Canada, sorry. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I wonder where they're from. I wonder... I'd like to actually find out more about the boffins from Canada that have done the draw in the past, where it's like, we've used all these is intricate it, um, things. We've used the NHL draw is it, mixed is it, in with a bit of CFL or with a bit of... <laughs> I was going to say it is hockey-related, right? I don't know. No, it can't be, because no? they have like conferences and stuff, So yeah. and they play each other like four or five times, depending on what part of the conference you're in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's just a mathematical equation. Interesting. The University of Nova Scotia have developed <laughs> in their study of sports draws. And... Now, Brooksy, when is the next yeah. episode of The Last Dance dropping? Uh, it will be next Monday, episodes three and four for Australians. Uh, Sunday night for Americans, Canadians. The Boffins will the Boffins. get it Sunday night on um, TSN, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Rogers Sportsnet. I don't know. One so of, who who is showing it in America? ESPN. Uh, I think it's ESPN. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So it's a so ESPN and Netflix made it right. So uh, they okay. made it together. ESPN um, said to Netflix, "We'll show it in the states live. You guys have worldwide rights." And after three months, Netflix will have it in the states. Gotcha. Okay. And ESPN. I think ESPN. There's some sort of back catalogue thing as well that they'll have, obviously. Because there, there would be people in America who don't have ESPN but have Netflix and vice versa. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. But they, yeah, they won't be able to... I think that's the whole thing. They want people to watch it on Netflix to start with. Uh, sorry, on ESPN to start with. Yeah. And then um, with the advertising dollars because they've got ad breaks. This is the only good thing about why we get it late. So it roughly airs around 10 a.m., 11 a.m., I want to say. Yep. on the Monday morning for us, but then we get it at five o'clock. So there's a bit of a difference. Yeah. But they get ads because they're watching it on ESPN. Yeah, so right. there's ad breaks. But we just get to we just get to sit there and then yeah, by the end of it, so Netflix good. goes, Are you still watching? <laughs> what do you think what do you think of that feature on Netflix shows? I don't Are like you it. still watching? I don't like it. I think they should turn it off for the um the lockdown. Just like, of course we're bloody watching it. What else have we got to do around here? Just I, keep I, it going. Keep I it dancing. Let it ride. I Come don't on. I don't see how it's their business what I'm doing with their product, to be honest. Yeah. I, it's like, I don't even know what day or time it is. <laughs> Just keep showing the freaking show. It's like a judgment. It's like, of course I'm watching. I'm yeah. sitting here. I've got I've got no nothing on and I'm doing illegal activities and I'm watching TV. Yeah. Leave me the hell alone. Remember you used to do that to your dad or your uncle? Like they'd fall asleep watching the cricket or something and you'd walk up and you'd start putting your hand in front of their face or start tickling them or, or put like put like uh, cashews or something on their cheek or hair or put shaving cream in their hand and tickle their nose. <laughs> I never did the shaving cream thing, but I know where you're going. Oh, I think we did it once at Christmas. It was funny. 
All right, Brooksy, uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode of The Last Dance. We can't promote that enough. Uh, and I'm looking yeah. forward to podcasting with you again soon. Yeah. And, uh, it's been good. I, it's been I, good. I can't wait. I think it's start, it's going to start. like That's just been a good scene set of the first two episodes, Schnaz. And, and as you know, I know you're not the biggest, you're not a basketball fan like I am, but it's great seeing you enjoying it. And yeah, I think... The thing for me too is I had goosebumps for half of watching that. I bet, yeah. That, like just the, the the Chicago Bulls intro song, just seeing, <laughs> like just watching that behind the scenes access of Jordan and Pippen and just like him talking about their families as well and how they grew up. Like the Pippen story is amazing. Yeah. Uh, like seeing him as a, as a Seattle supersonic for a couple of Ooh, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That trade, Shaz. I, I was thinking... <laughs> about it just going imagine if we had Peyton Pippen and Kemp just for a couple of seasons like that would have been amazing that trade is one of those uh, forks in the road that and credit to Jerry Krause there that was one of his big decisions that he made to, yeah. in getting the guys together so I mean he, we, he yeah go man. We, we can't emphasize enough you don't have to be a basketball fan to like this it's about no. It's about sport, it's about business, it's about achieving things in life. Relationships. But it's also yeah. just about looking back. It's a history lesson. And the other thing that I can't emphasize enough, which I learnt more as I watch this, we are talking about one of the greatest sporting teams in the history of sport. And I'm not talking about the, the club, the, the franchise. I'm talking about over those five years. You know, my, my goon buddies and I, we talk about 2016, the greatest Sharks team of all time, and they were. And... Every, you know, 2010 Dragons. Everyone has a team that they absolutely worship. You need to magnify that by... Multiply it by 4,000 times. It was a, and you it was may, a decade. Yeah, but you may come close to how good this Chicago Bulls team was. Yeah. From, 90, from that playoff game, from that playoff game, the injury and the playoff game was the start of Michael Jordan. Of Like, we saw a bit in North Carolina... But you watch, you, you, if if it delves into like the late 80s, early 90s, like the way teams had to defend Jordan, mm. like this is just going to open people's eyes into how good he is. And look, I, I, look, I haven't been the biggest LeBron fan and there's mm. a lot of bronze sexuals out there that love him, that just like, just froth on him because that's all they've seen. That's all yeah. they've seen and... and and, you know, you can only comment on what you've seen to, to a certain extent. But I, I just can't wait for people that don't really know Jordan to watch some of the shit that he went through and the shit that he gave out. Mm. And you just be like, holy shit, he's next level. There's only a few. And a lot of people have said it. There's Ali yeah. and there's Jordan. Yeah. And that's like in terms of arrogance, talent, just what they went through to I get think, to the top. I think the third one was Babe yeah. Ruth, maybe? Babe Ruth? But yeah, someone said Babe. Yeah, yeah, I I really don't know. Obviously, way before our time. Ruth, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if you... If but you, man, it's going to be so good. Oh. If, if, I think ah! if, if people just admire... Yeah, you're peaking. We've got a video thing happening. You're peaking. Yeah. If, 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 people just admire, this, if people admire... If people admire, you know, just people doing the best that they can be and do and... Yeah. It's fascinating, man. So we'll we'll wrap it up there. As I know I won't be able to wrap you up. Yeah. Which basically has been our friendship for the last 10 years. Trying to wrap up. Can't, <laughs> can't, can't be done. Can't be done. 
Uh, but we will talk again soon, my friend. Go go and enjoy your fourth replay. Sounds so, good, man. I will, uh, I will see, see you later. All good, mate. Marcus, bye for now.